Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the PTBO Today podcast. Intelligent conversation. Thursday edition of PTBO Today Live. Of course, Peter Rokia, Pete's game night later on tonight. We'll chat about Pete's and Firebirds a little bit later on. But let's kick things off with the top three stories are falling today. Big one. The uh, National Suicide Crisis Helpline has officially launched today uh, with local Canadian Mental Health Association, one of 45 providers of this new service, Scott. Yeah, they've been talking about it for a couple of years. The States has, has had it for quite some time, but there was nothing in Canada. So I think in 2021, they started talking about it. It was confirmed that it was coming here in 2022, but they had to do a whole bunch of work behind the scenes. And the local CMHA is one of the 45 service providers. So if you call that number from here, you will get somebody local and still call 911 if it's an emergency this is just if you need somebody to talk to you don't have anywhere to turn whether you're thinking about suicide or you know somebody who is there's going to be someone on the other end of the line to help you out had a fantastic conversation with uh, jack veach from the cmha on uh, your uh, peterborough last week on your tv uh talking about this time of year which is uh, very difficult for a lot of people we've seen that rise but on the same side a lot more conversation around suicide awareness um, especially since COVID because a lot of people felt isolated when they were being isolated and they felt very isolated from a lot of people. And for a lot of people, as we've talked about financially straining that, you know, this time of year can potentially be for a lot of people and some t- they deal with loneliness too. Yeah. And people are more comfortable with the conversation now, now that more people are bringing it to the forefront, whereas it was pretty taboo back in the day. Oh, yeah. And now it's uh, organizations like this that are really helping bring it to the forefront. So nine, eight, eight, is that number. Uh, there we go. So make sure you keep that one handy. And again, it's not just if maybe you're dealing with a struggle, but you know someone who might be uh, to give them that helpline that they potentially need. So uh, fantastic work there by everyone involved to try and get that uh, helpline up and running, which kicks off officially today. CA South Central Ontario uh, has some troubling trends have come to light, indicating a significant increase in cannabis-impaired driving. Again, I'll you back to my uh, show yesterday. We'll talk with uh, hear from Jason Foles again uh, probably next week as a ride program. We focus a lot on impaired driving by way of alcohol sometimes you need that reminder that yes cannabis counts too yeah and this survey it was saying the majority of people are admitting to uh edibles having edibles not just smoking cannabis but eating edibles before getting behind the wheel 38 percent of cannabis impaired drivers in ontario admitted to consuming edibles before getting behind the wheel which marks a 12 percent increase from last year and doubles the rate recorded in 2019 so with the holiday season approaching they're just reminding drivers make alternate arrangements whether it's ride share or a friend or walking if you're close by but make sure you take another way home you're not going to trick them because they can't smell smoke or can't smell the alcohol in your breath oh i'll just pop a couple edibles and whatever and i can go drive it's no problem they'll never figure it out no they they've been trained to figure that they're not stupid out there no they exactly will, they will figure it out uh last time i did edibles by the way i'm just kidding i've never done that <laughs> but uh always worthy of a stop at the whistle stop 
That's um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you've been down there at those four a.m. feedings after leaving the bar. A uh, back times. in the day, yeah, back yeah. in the day, definitely that was, uh, that was certainly the, the, the hangout for sure. Oh yeah, I, I, it was packed drive, after the bars. Oh yeah, I drive past there and it was just just pillar to post. And then of course they changed the hours a little bit later on. But yeah, after the bar scene was over. The whistle stop was the place to go. Yeah, get some food, and then you usually get in a tilt outside as you were leaving. <laughs> there was just that was the tradition. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to say goodbye to the whistle stop. We just had them last week, by the way. Had a nice original uh, poutine. The PMZ poutine. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. I was there for a while. Okay, uh, they're gonna be shutting down business uh, apparently for the first time in 15 years on uh, December 17th. I feel like they've been around longer than 15 years. Feels like they've been there my whole life. It's- I've only been here. 12 or 13 so you're saying that it's only been around a couple of years since before i got here they're saying 15 years in okay. business which i had to do a double look at and i don't know it just seems like they've been here a lot longer i feel like they have but that's uh that's what the release said and well uh, their facebook i mean yeah. it wasn't a release or anything they just kind of said it on their facebook and peggy shaughnessy the owner says there's going to be a huge goodbye party so We'll uh, stay tuned to their Facebook and see when that's going to be. But December 17th is the official last day. Peggy obviously has some other things that she's working on right now and uh, spoke a lot with your your buddy Pete. Um, I guess my buddy too. Our buddy <laughs> Pete. Uh, about, you know, what she wants to accomplish for the betterment of our community. So what that's going to be, we'll wait and see. But, uh, you know, found this hole in the wall at the corner of uh, George and Simcoe and made into you know, an iconic treasure, uh, the whistle stop, of course. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be missed. It's going to be weird at not being at that corner. I'm going to have to go stop there for dinner before the Pete's game tonight again. Uh, eat poutine every single day. <laughs> Is it? Are you a poutine or are you a poutine guy? Poutine? Depends where I am. Yeah. If I'm uh, on the Quebec side, I'll pronounce it correctly. But uh, <laughs> if I'm here in Ontario, I'll just say Can't poutine. Do the poutine thing. No, at that poutine festival that was at the Memorial Center in yeah. the summer, I ordered, and the guy goes, a poutine. That's how, oh. like, he, as if he's correcting me. And so I went to the next booth. I said, not from you. And I <laughs> went to the next booth. I'm like, don't correct me Your like mouth that. Shot. Uh, mouth shot, I should say. Those are the top three stories that we're following today. Coming up, big news that earlier on this week from Shawnee Evans, who's decided that he's going to step away from the National Lacrosse League. Other ventures still going on. What that means, we don't know yet. But certainly, I know you had a good conversation with him about uh, his uh, lacrosse career. Yeah, he's still going to be involved in lacrosse, and he's actually going to be coaching at the upcoming World Championships. I won't tell you what country right now, though, but it uh, kind of surprised me. But It's uh, pretty cool that he's uh, still going to stay involved. All that more coming up as PTBO Today Live continues. Graham, Scott, and you never know who else. This is the PTBO Today podcast. Lots of lacrosse news over the last couple of weeks. Of course, the change at the uh, GM's position with the Century 21 Lakers. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And then some other big news coming out of the lacrosse front, especially with the National Lacrosse League kicking off the regular season this week as well, Scott. Yeah, Sean Evans announcing his retirement, a local legend. And we talk about the whistle stop being around forever. Feels like Sean Evans has been around forever, (laughs) too. It's going to be strange not seeing him around. Uh, You had a chance to chat with uh, Shawnee about this decision. Here's that conversation right now. Being joined right now by Sean Evans. And, Sean, you made a huge announcement over the weekend announcing your retirement from the National Lacrosse League. First off, congratulations on an amazing career. I know a lot of people uh, will miss seeing you play. What goes into a decision like this? Yeah, you know, it's uh, obviously it's one of the hardest decisions uh, of my playing career. Um, you know, playing so long, you know, I'm just fortunate to have a long career. But, uh, you know, basically, you know, some injuries um, in the past 
couple of years and, you know, the longevity, of, you know, of, you know, being a smaller guy and the impact I take, you know, is that time that, you know, like if I went back and played, I'd have to, you know, either be a new team or, you know, starting fresh again. So I felt like it was the, you know, the right time, you know, I got nothing else to prove. I, I won it all at all levels. And, um, and I think it was just more important that, you know, my body and my health and, and my family kind of, uh, you know, is that next chapter uh, to get ready for. Playing pro lacrosse for 17 seasons, not something a lot of people can say they did. How were you able to have such a long career? What, what kept you going? Just the passion for the game, the love for the game. You know, if anybody, any lacrosse player can say, you know, when they're playing that they, they love it. And, uh, you know, the sport is kind of unique sports. Um, um, you know, I just, I just had that drive and I had that uh, passion to, you know, I love being around my teammates. Um, you know, I loved, uh, you know, playing a team sport and, and enjoy the memories like on the floor of, uh, you know, scoring goals and, and celebrating with your teammates and, and just, uh, you know, those little things that go around the game. And speaking of memories, when you look back at your career, is there a memory or a moment that's going to stand out for you from the rest? I know you had a lot of them. You mentioned you, you've won at every level, MVP titles, scoring titles, championships, obviously being around your teammates and all that fun stuff as well. But is there something you look back on and that really stands out for you that you're going to remember? Yeah, I think I think when I first started in the National Lacrosse League, being drafted to Rochester, you know, my brother was there, John Grant Jr., Sean Williams, Steve Toll. Pat O'Toole, you know, some of these great names um, when I just joined the league, you know, I, it was great, great for me because those were kind of like the, the best years, um, you know, learning from those guys, having fun with them, you know, having a cold beer after a game, after you go out there and battle hard, I think, uh, you know, and then topping it off, uh, 2007 winning, a, you know, a championship uh, in Rochester was kind of a huge highlight. Um, I think those, those memories right there is, is kind of what got me going and, and kind of learned the game and I learned the game from some of the best lacrosse players in the world. And like most of us in Peterborough, you played hockey and lacrosse growing up, even playing a few games with the Peets. Was lacrosse always your first love and first choice though, in terms of what sports you did want to pursue for a career? Yeah. You know, I think I always excelled more in lacrosse. You know, I, I loved hockey, um, you know, but lacrosse always, I had, I just had that little it factor. I think, you know, just playing with my brothers and sisters in, in the backyard and, I think it just kind of came to me, came to me a little easier. And, you know, I just always had that grit being the youngest of four. Um, you know, I just kind of thrived off the, you know, getting hit, bouncing back up and, you know, and kind of going and scoring that goal. You know, when you score a goal in a game across, it's, you know, it takes, uh, you got to take a little bit of a beating to get to the net. And I think that little reward was, uh, you know, kind of that icing on the cake. I think I've kind of figured it out here from our conversation, but in your retirement statement, you didn't say you're retiring from lacrosse. You just said you're retiring from the NLL. <laughs> Does that mean there's a chance you might return to the Lakers this summer? Uh, there's a chance. I, I did say NLL. So obviously uh, summer, uh, summer ball is still kind of, uh, you know, up in the air right now, but uh, you never know what can happen here. And, you know, potentially, uh, you know, a little bit easier to play in the summer as it's close to home and close to family. So we'll see what, uh, what happens, but we'll, uh, right now we'll just, the NLL, um, announcement is the first thing on, uh, on my list and I just want to kind of get that out and, and kind of move on and just reflect on, uh, you know, all the great that I, I've done. And regardless of what happens, whether you do play summer ball or not, I know you can't step away from the game completely. You, you love it too much to just leave it completely behind. So what does the future uh, hold for you? I know you've got nationwide lacrosse and some other stuff going, but what's the future hold in terms of lacrosse for Sean Evans? 
Uh, right now, I'm just uh, you know taking one little step back here, but um, I'm still involved in the game. You know, coaching my my little guy and, and my daughters. Um, you know, I, I've added a role into uh, Switzerland and lacrosse, so I'm coaching the team team Switzerland, the national team here in the upcoming uh, um, World Championships. Um, so I kind of have a little bit of uh, my foot in the door there, kind of coaching. And you know, right now is just that's enough right now, and we'll see where uh, the next step takes me. How do you get hooked up with the team Switzerland? Not to go off too off the mark here, but uh, that just caught my interest. But how do you hook up with a team like that? Uh, you know, it kind of started back in 2015 at the World Championships when I was with Team Canada. You know, we had the opportunity to have uh, Team Switzerland come and practice with us, and you know, I just kind of you know met a few of the players, and you know, I met Mario and and uh, you know some of the guys there, and it was um, kind of. From there, I knew I was getting ready for retirement. So, you know, I kind of reached out and talked to him and kind of uh, got my foot in the door and of coaching there. And right now it's 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 been a great experience and I'm getting to know the know the guys in Switzerland a lot more now and kind of creating that connection. And, uh, you know, I think this is only, it's only going to get better down there. And, you know, they have the same passion uh, that I had when I started uh, playing lacrosse too. They love the game and, and they want to get better. So that's, uh, that's a, you know, a huge, uh, you know, thing stepping into it. Are you guys shooting for the Olympics then in uh, LA in 2028? I think that's the goal. That's 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 definitely a goal. I think it's uh, any of these countries now have a little bit more to shoot for um, with the Olympics um, being the bigger picture. So we'll uh, we'll definitely see what uh, what has in store for us. But there's definitely lots of talent uh, in Switzerland, and you know it's a, it's a hockey country too. So it's kind of the kind of the same from here. Before I let you go here, you left your mark in the NLL history books, the ninth most goals in history with 479, fourth most assists with 879, and the fifth most points with 1,358. You also had the second most penalty minutes, which is unbelievable. But to, to put up those numbers and to have that many PIMS, what do you want your legacy in the NLL to be, and how do you want to be remembered as a player? Uh, you know, I just want to be remembered as a hardworking player that's, you know, um, you know, loved his teammates and, and loved to win. Um, you know, all those accolades and everything I've done, you know, it was all for the love of the game. And, you know, it's because I loved it. Um, you know, it was obviously a sad, sad moment, you know, not stepping on the floor again. But, um, you know, I think I just try to do anything on the floor to make my team successful and and worked hard, you know, put my head down, you know, put my work boots on and, and just went out there and did my thing. And I think that's what, uh, you know, that's what I can be remembered for. And obviously the great achievements as well. Well, we're all certainly going to uh, remember your style of play. I said this to you earlier. There's never going to be another lacrosse player like you, just the most well-rounded player that I ever had the privilege of calling games for. And aside from being a broadcaster, I, I was always a fan, and I just uh, really enjoyed your career. Every time you were on the floor, you never knew what you were going to do, and you just had my interest peaked every time you were out there. So you're definitely going to be missed, buddy, but uh, congratulations on a great career, and maybe we'll see you this summer. Yeah, you never know, but yeah, thank you, uh, thanks Scott, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, with all the you know all the great uh, comments I've got back and all the feedback I got back was uh, you know it was obviously uh, you know great to hear. You know, you know a lot of people followed my career throughout the uh, throughout the years, and you know I'm glad that um, you know I was able to share that and share in some good memories uh, for the city of Peterborough and uh, and you know the other cities I played for as well. The PTBO Today podcast. The stuff people are talking about. Peterborough Kia Pete's Hockey returns to your radio tonight as the Pete's take on the Flint Firebirds. 
It's going to be huge. Uh, it's going to be a big game. It is going to be a huge game because you got two points on Monday against the Sudbury Wolves. And look, you can compound that with more points, especially as you now have another very busy weekend with uh, three games and three and a half nights. Yeah, and the standings are still bottlenecked up towards the top. The Peets right now are sitting in first in the East, but just one point up on Mississauga, who plays in London tonight. And one point up on Ottawa as well, because they picked up uh, that win in that school day game. Yep. They don't play again until Saturday, Ottawa, so they won't gain any points, but we'll keep our eye on Mississauga tonight. On the other side of things, Flint, who's coming into town, they're sitting seventh in the Western Conference right now, but they've been up and down. They're 11-11 on the season. One uh, overtime uh, loss, one shootout loss as well, but kind of a 500 team, but they're going to be coming in to prove something. This is the only time they come into Peter Rowe. Yeah, certainly are. And again, they're sitting in a pretty tight spot as well in the West. No clear-cut winner on either conference, by the way, in the early going. Maybe you can make a, obviously make an argument for Kitchener, who's uh, been fairly good, but again, they're only four points up on the Stu Greyhounds. Uh, but that being said, you know, as you mentioned, these two points on Monday, they got against Sudbury, these next two points, going to be massive. Again, you need to put some space between yourselves and other teams and you don't face any divisional opponents until next week. Yeah, and looking ahead, uh, not to get too far ahead of tonight's game, but Saturday against North Bay, North Bay is going to give them some trouble. Oh, I know yeah. Peterborough beat them up in North Bay last game, but they're going to come into the Memorial Center looking to demolish the Peets, looking to send a message in front of Peterborough's hometown crowd. So that is going to be a tough game. Then you've got Niagara in Niagara on Sunday, who's hit or miss. You never know what Niagara team is going to show up. So right. this is going to set the tone for a big weekend. Let's talk about uh, goaltending. And we did talk about that with Pete's head coach Rob Wilson earlier this week. Uh, but that being said, Reports indicate or rumors in innuendo suggest that uh, Liam Stusha gets the start net tonight after uh, Bowen got the start on Monday. You kind of got to go either way here. You want to give Liam the opportunity to get back into his game and get back in the groove again because we know he's a good goaltender. But that being said, do you go back with a hot hand with Bowen? I think he put Stushka back in tonight, and I think that's a, a wise decision because you don't want to knock his confidence. He's the guy who got you this far. He's the reason why you're in first place. He saved many games for them when the offense wasn't producing. He was at the back end and making big stops the way down when the Peets, in the last couple of weeks, they've been scoring a little more. But to start the season, they were barely scoring. Yeah. They were just squeaking out one-goal victories, barely winning, and it was Stushka who is the hero between the pipes. Bowen's always started on the road. We've only seen him the last two games starting at the Memorial Center, but yeah, I, I think you see Stushka between the pipes. They're not the lowest, uh, but they're one of the lowest scoring teams right now in the Ontario Hockey League. The Peterborough Peets are uh, 73 goals for, and that sort of contrasts with uh, Barry, who's got 70, uh, Oshawa 69, and Niagara uh, 71, but there's a difference of where all those teams are in the standings. Peets are in first, and the three teams I just listed off, they're all in the bottom. Yeah, and the Peets were the lowest scoring team before Monday's game. Yeah. Those five goals bumped them from 68 up to 73, so that moved them out a little bit. But going into Monday, they were the lowest scoring team in the Ontario Hockey League. And if you look at the teams right below them, we mentioned the Peets have 73 goals for. Well, Mississauga, who's right behind them in the standings, they've got 88. Mm -hmm. Ottawa's not a high-scoring team. They've got 76. But then you're looking at fourth-place Brantford, 84. Fifth place North Bay at 90. But then, Sixth place Sudbury at 94. And then contrast that to the West where you got the first place Rangers who have scored 131 <laughs> it's goals. Un unbelievable. So, um, and the second place 
doubled. And the Sioux has 112 in yeah. second place. There are a lot of goals being scored in the West. The lowest goals in the West is 75. So, I mean, almost all the teams are outscoring the East. So it sounds like an entertaining side over there. And Flint's going to come in. They've got 90 goals for. They've also had 99 against, though. So they've given up a few more than they've scored. But it'll be interesting to see the Firebirds tonight for the only visit to the Memorial Center. Yeah, and they're going to bring some uh, hot and heavy competition as well, again, coming from the West, where things are hot and heavy over there. And certainly you need to get a, a couple of big points but the only visit they make. So, again, this is a team that wants to come in and certainly make a little bit of noise. Absolutely, and they've got some stars on there. Zach Giroux, he's on a four-game point streak, four goals and four assists during that stretch. And their goaltender, they know who they're going to be playing. Nathan Day, he'll be getting the start. He started the last four games in net. He's got one road win, one home win, and two home losses during that four-game stretch. And then, of course, on the Pete side, they've been relying on Owen Beck for the offense. Five goals, three assists in his last game. But Jax Dubois... He's been the big story all year with how exceptional he's been in the faceoff dot. 60.8% in the faceoff circle. He's taken more draws than anyone else in the Ontario Hockey League. 551 draws he's take, taken, and he's won more than anyone else in the Ontario Hockey League as well. He's won 335 of those 551. That's 32 more faceoff wins than anyone else in the OHL. Peter Pete's Flint Firebirds later on tonight. Peter Rokia, Pete's Hockey, right here on Freak 90.5. And on the iHeartRadio app just before 7 o'clock. The PTBO Today podcast. Now, the sounds of today. Well, while uh, being interviewed on the CNBC, Elon Musk was asked about companies like Disney removing their advertising from his platform, you know, X, formerly Twitter, uh, in the wake of anti Semitism allegations. Now, Musk didn't hold back and even sent a special greeting to Disney CEO Bob Iger. If you're in the audience, he says. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go f*** yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I, I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. That's how I feel. He's an anti-dentite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that was pretty clear. Yeah, I don't think there's any dancing around that one. I didn't even hear about any of the comments no. or any or the allegations against him. But uh, yeah, that was uh, he's heated. Anti-Semitism allegations. That's the first I had heard about. <laughs> I know. Okay, uh, apparently Disney heard something the rest of us didn't. Body language expert and recovering awkward person. Probably has something. What's to do a with recovering it. awkward person? <laughs> <laughs> well, recovering awkward. No, I'm I'm still awkward. <laughs> what, what's your biggest social awkwardness that you'd say for me? Yourself? Yeah, I don't know. I had, someone else would have to tell me. Yeah. I don't feel anything myself, but no. I'm sure I put I off know a few I awkward quirks. Socially effed up. Yeah. I am so socially stupid. Yeah, no, I didn't want to say something, but yeah. I'm glad you noticed. But this one's a recovering awkward person. Uh, her name is Vanessa. She gives tips on interacting with others. And if you run into someone uh, at a holiday party whose name you should know, here's what to do. You know how you don't sometimes remember if you've met someone before, it's like a friend, a friend or a partner, and you're like, never, ever, ever say, nice to meet you. Always say, nice to see you. It's insurance. And then I have a trick. So your partner or your wing woman or your wingman, tell them this trick. When you go to a holiday party, my husband knows this, if I introduce him first, oh, yeah, I okay. do not know their name. I do not know their name. So it goes like this. Oh, it's so nice to see you. This is my husband, Scott. And he knows to go, what's your name? So that's a really good little tip for your wing person. 
Oh yeah, we do that all the time. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's the old age thing. I don't know if I've got some memory issues I need to get dealt with. But I can't remember names to save my life. I'm pretty good with names, but that's a good trick. But yeah, we we've got it down to in our our world that yeah, if I do the, oh yeah, this is Judy, and then she goes goes, oh yeah, I'm Judy, and then they let, try to. Nine times out of ten, ten it works. Other times, not so much. They do that in Seinfeld as well. There's an episode where he tries, and then uh, it didn't work. He goes, "Well, I tried." Just walks out. <laughs> we can't we can't go a day without referencing Seinfeld. I'm just I'm socially weird. Like, I don't know how to. I don't like small talk. Small talk is the bane of my existence, and that's what a lot of these social gatherings are. Right? It's all small talk. She goes on to say, actually, about small talk, saying that uh, you know people uh, aren't engaged if you just say, "Hey, how are you doing? How's work going?" She says, get into stuff and say, uh, you know, what's new and exciting in your life? And she says the words exciting and new really trigger the I person's brain and gets them going. I don't but have empathy, though. I don't really care what they're... So what are you just going to do, stand there and just look at people? No wonder you're awkward. <laughs> uh, what was the other meme? I said, thank God that we have all these temperate, these weather uh, changes in Canada. Otherwise, we'd never have anything to talk to at parties yeah. or talk about at parties. Yeah, when I got nothing to say, I talk about the weather. That's a John LeJoie song. Scandal star Kerry Washington was known in high school as Condom Carrie. <laughs> Explains why. I was in an educational theater company in high school where we used to perform plays around safer sex education to get teenagers to make choices that were really good for them. And I worked at an adolescent health center where we used to give out condoms for free. And so I always had condoms in my backpack. <laughs> so hence, Condom Carrie. It's a tough nickname to go around high school with. Better than your nickname, though, Bareback Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even touch that. That's all the hot audio making around on social media. Uh, what, what, what day is this? November 30th. Comment, opinion, today's reactions. The PTBO Today podcast. We love our surveys here on PTBO Today Live. Here's one that's got us... Uh, Scratching our heads a little bit. You anyway, specifically. You're a little <laughs> concerned by this. 36% of people on an online survey, so you know that's scientifically it's correct. Dead accurate. Yeah. Uh, people change their clothes twice per day. I'm concerned that it's not 99%. How are you only changing once a day? Like, I don't, I don't get it. As soon as I, I've got my work clothes, and then I go home, and then I've got my indoor clothes. That you I'm just what? My indoor clothes. Like, these are outdoor clothes that I'm wearing right now. I don't wear these around the house. Like, I'm not going to lay in the couch in the clothes that I'm wearing. I had a button-up shirt on, some black pants. So, yeah, I, I'm changing as soon as I get home. And then I'm going to change again before bed. So I'm changing three times, but definitely twice. Do you not have, like, your outside clothes and your indoor clothes? No, if I get home, I put my jammies on. What? Indoor and clothes. Yeah, 100%. 100%, like comfortable clothes, like whether it's track pants yeah, or what, a pair what, of warm-up pants or not clothes that I'm sleeping in. No, that's why I put my jammies on. Oh, my indoor clothes, and Gym? then in case I have to go somewhere, if I got to run to the store or do something, I will uh, put pants over top of my indoor pants or change them again, but yeah. No, I... I don't I, get it. If I get home, my jammies are on. That's it. That's wild. But that, that's still changing, though. So you're still so changing. I'm, I'm twice per day, then. Yeah, exactly. Well, but see, that's what I was going to ask. Does this mean like you're going from wearing maybe a suit to more casual clothes to putting on your pajamas don't count in this equation? I don't know. I'm changing three or four times today. Like when I go home from here, I'm going to have my indoor clothes on just for a little bit while I eat a snack. And then I'm going to put my suit so on. Three times today. I'm going to put my suit on four and go times. to the Pete's game. And then you can put your jammies on when you come yeah. home. My jammies. I'm not wearing jammies. <laughs> that word is makes me vomit. 
when it comes out of your grown ass mouth. <laughs> uh, how many times do you change your clothes? I mean, I don't think pajamas could fall into that. Into I don't. That, that doesn't count. I don't think. I think they're talking about during the day. So I, I'm easily twice a day. I don't understand how people come home and you just lounge in your work clothes. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, so yeah, basically what I'll do when I get home is. So you're basically will, saying you're done for the day. You get home, you I get quit, home put, put your gym, bed clothes like, on. I might, you know, start making dinner and I'll still have my work clothes on. And then once dinner's over, then I'll change into my jammies. Stop saying jammies. <laughs> that's, that's what I call them. <laughs> oh. You put chips in your freezer so you don't have anything to say over here. You shut Holy up. Holy smokes. Uh, so I put them on. Um, that's basically the extent of it. Like, yeah, like. And you're done for the day. You're basically saying you've given up I've on the given rest up of the day. I've given up on life for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right, then. And I'm doing work or whatever. I'm watching TV or watching hockey or whatever. I mean, there's even days I'll come in here on a Saturday. I'll have my jammies on. I'll I'm glad for, I don't come in on the weekends. So sometimes I'll, I'll go for my day. That whole thing during COVID. Yeah. I went for my working from home, but I went for my daytime jammies to my nighttime pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you're something else. I, I don't I've gotten to a point. I, I post this publicly on social media because, just like you, you, you know, you, I can understand what you're talking about. Where you go from leaving the office, you've got your daytime clothes into your my indoor clothes, clothes, indoor clothes, yeah. or whatever. I've gotten to that point in my life at 46. I'm just done wearing pants. Get out of here! I, I just I, I've never seen you stand up from this desk actually, so I hope that well, uh, you are wearing some pants while we're here. I was watching myself on TV earlier on. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, I like I I'm at that point now where I would be comfortable. I've not, I never would before. Like you remember back in the day, you would never ever go outside wearing track pants ever, unless Ooh. you were going to go for a run. Or, you wouldn't. No. I'm always rocking track pants. I go, what are you talking no, about? I never would go outside wearing track pants ever. Are you kidding me? Ever. Track pants and warm-up pants. That's all I'm I wearing when I'm not at work. Never would wear track pants. Wow. I made fun of wearing track pants. What? Outside. Who's making fun of you? I don't know. Stupid people. So I would never wear track pants outside. Now I'll park in the underground parking lot here at Peterborough Square in my pajamas, and I'll come wander up to the office on a Saturday to do a Pete's game, still wearing my jammies. As I just don't care. I don't care. And you're wearing track pants these days or no? I wear track pants on the weekends. Yeah. My, my son calls them weekend pants. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we will, we'll wear jammies and weekend pants. There's some of the lingo coming out of the Elliot. There you household. go. Uh, so I'll wear weekend pants mostly on the weekends. I could have swore you used to always wear track pants when we went to Thursdays. The PTBO Today podcast. Running down the stuff you need to know. Time now for our community spotlight. And with more than two weeks left to go in its campaign, Salvation Army facing uh, some shortfalls already when it comes to their annual Christmas assistance program. It kicked off in November, or earlier on this month, I should say. We're, I thought we are in December already. But kicked off about 2,000 applicants right off the get-go uh, looking for support so far this year. Yes, they've already had a lot of stuff that's already committed to a lot of these people who have already signed up for it. And they say, well, monetary donations are still coming in. They have slowed compared to the initial surge during the Hope for All Seasons Christmas appeal that they had. And the organization's currently looking for donations of mittens. They said they're going through them really fast. Yep. Games, puzzles, Toys for ages 9 to 13, as well as teen toiletry sets. Yeah, so if you don't know, so if you're an adult and you need some support, uh, you can go there and get some support in way of gift by gift card, grocery gift cards, for example, they hand out. Um, and then if you're a parent of a... Who's sending me emails during the show? Stop sending me emails. Unbelievable. Um, if you're a parent of someone 
that is a kid, so you're a single parent or whatever, or has some support, needs some support there. They've actually got a little store in the Salvation Army basement, the gymnasium, and you walk around with a personal shopper and you can pick out stuff for your kids as well. Oh, very Christmas. cool. So, I didn't know that. But again, it all comes at a cost, right? And as we've talked about with Ashley earlier this week when it comes to food uh, purchasing, Salvation Army is facing the exact same thing. That's why they're looking for these donations of toys and mittens and th- the like because prices are just astronomical and everything right now. And then that's why they suggest if you see a kettle, make a donation if you can, because that money will stay local and goes to support a local family. Yeah, it's wild. Already 2,000 people already signed up in the opening two weeks, and we still have a few weeks left to go until Christmas. So they, they certainly need your help right now. More on our, our website, ptbotoday.ca. Speaking of the holidays, it's a big time for, of the year for gift giving, as we know. And one gift that you could give is possibly the gift of food. Think, just think about food. Yes, I'm thinking. About 70 restaurants taking part in the uh, Diners Book uh, campaign with the uh, Peterborough Music Fest. Tracy Randall is going to join us talk more about this year's 2024 Diners Book. I love that book. $780 in savings alone. $25 all you got to spend. It's uh, worth its weight in gold. A gift that keeps on giving. Certainly is. We'll talk more about that on tomorrow's edition of the show. Final thoughts going into Pete's and Firebirds tonight, Scotty. It's going to be a huge game, Graham, as we said to start this show off. And Flint only visit to the Memorial Center. They're going to have something to prove. Both these teams getting ready to start a busy weekend. But Peterborough, North Bay on Saturday, Niagara on Sunday. You want to set the tone with a win here tonight. Certainly do. Big game tonight. Flint, Firebirds, Peterborough, Pete's. Peterborough, Kia, Pete's Hockey just before 7 o'clock tonight here on Freak 90.5. Go Pete's go. This has been PTBO Today Live. Catch Graham and Scott weekday afternoons on Freak 90.5 and everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Download the show weekdays and spread the word about Peterborough's only daily podcast. Have any thoughts on today's show? Text us at 705-874-9050 or follow us X at FreakPTBO, the PTBO Today podcast. Intelligent conversation. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.